Welcome to episode 45 of Never Any Glory podcast, the week 12 fantasy takeaway and week 13 preview. I'm your host, Luke Grilly. I'm here with my co-host, Jerry Burris, and good old Sean Zustin is here. He's doing double duty tonight, which I'm surprised you can still do that in this old age, Sean. How are you holding up? Are you going to be able to make it? I'm, I'm just surviving on Buckeye Vodka and, uh, <laughs> and ice and a lime. Jerry, speaking of ice, how's your ass feeling after that, uh, that, that brutal half-point loss? That brutal half point loss last night. Uh, Devontae Adams nickel, couldn't get you another seven seven yards. If I had a nickel for every time a conversation started with the way you started this one, I'd be a rich man. <laughs> but uh, I went into the last night's game with no hope, no hope at all. And then all of a sudden, I flipped my uh, phone up and I see the score, and I'm like, "Eh, we'll see." And you know, end of the first quarter, I'm I'm in it. I'm I'm not too far away. And uh, as fate would have it, it came down to one. Precious little tippy toe dance moved down at the end uh, by the end zone. He didn't get in. Lost by less than half a point. Well, there actually, you, it, if you had watched the entire game, he caught like an eight yard out and went out of bounds. And had he just maybe dove forward and stayed right. in bounds like he actually realized he should have done, <laughs> you may have gotten the two yards just because he's 6'3. But that, you know, I like. To, I, just, I, like to, I wanted to rub that one in a little bit. <laughs> Appreciate as the, someone that the, had uh, Devonte Adams, that had James Starks and Randall Cobb going up against Jordan Matthews, down thirty-three points in a dynasty league. The Zust, the Zustin Bros pulled Living. out a monumental upset in our dynasty league that Luke sponsors, and we won. We've now won the Ohio division. We have the first round bye, barring we don't get. We don't lose and have 65 more points from Nick Vern, who we extinguished last night. So you can imagine old Mark Z was sending some texts to Nick Vern this morning, <laughs> hammering him. Um, Sean, what is the worst beat you ever had in fantasy football? Mike like Vick. The, the, the uh, I was in margin. the finals, Mike Vick. Uh, the one year he had blown up, had blown up. And he, we, I took the lead, and then he got like a minus four yard gain, and I lost the uh, playoffs as a result of that to uh, to one Chad Jones, who has I think three titles in my league, and I'm still searching for my for my one. I've I've lost to Chad twice in the finals, and uh, once in the semis, and like two other times in the semis to to other players. So that's, that's my uh, that's my white whale. My worst beat was uh, probably about. Five or six years ago, up against Mark, semifinals. Um, the Patriots were on Monday Night Football, and something happened where they gave Rob Gronkowski a catch by accident when they never should have. And I knew that they they had taken it away in the game, but they hadn't taken it away on um, on Yahoo. And the end of the game, we were a dead tie. It was what one hundred four whatever to one hundred four whatever. And Mark calls me and he says, that's it. We got to have a three-way, a three-way championship between me, you, and, and Joe Arch. And I was like, uh, no, no, we shouldn't, but okay. Because I think I had the tiebreaker from the regular season standings. And then about 10 minutes later, they took it away and I lost by like just under a point. So I was I was with oh. Mark uh, when they took it away. Uh, euphoria <laughs> would be an understatement. And then he goes and loses to, to Joe Arch in the finals. And he was... <laughs> You go from the peaks to the valleys. That's fantasy football. Hey, I just want you to remember though that Mark Zustin won back in like 1998. He'll never let you. He'll never let you forget that. 
hey, he's got to get on a pod. He's to defend himself. This is on him. No, I ain't yeah, going to well, do it. Jerry ain't going to do it. He's at this painting class Mark right now. He's, he's painting right now. We went over that in the in the Pick'em pod. He's being being painted like one of those French ladies in uh in Titanic. Hey, I beat, we won't I go beat him that. in his league this week, so he's probably licking his wounds after <laughs> beating that old fecal matter gave him. Hey, uh, let's talk about week twelve. But before that, uh, find us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Check out Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe, rate us, tell all your friends, share all of our posts. I sent out our uh, waiver wire pickups this week, and we'll also talk about those guys later on in the episode. And also send us emails at negpodcast at gmail.com. We've got a bunch of listener questions that we are going to go over at the end of the episode. Those listeners are going to get a free brand-new T-shirt sponsored by Buckeye Vodka. Check them out. Drink local. Go to your your uh, local Giant Eagle or wherever fine spirits are sold and pick that pick that bottle up. Um, beautiful T-shirts that just came in. They are on their way out to Ohio right now. So, uh, Sean and Jerry, please keep an eye out for those. Uh, but let's move into the Week 12 Point Pounders. Start off with the quarterbacks, but there's some great rookie, rookie wide receivers as well. Uh, Drew Brees had five touchdowns. Trevor Simeon, who actually kind of forgot that I was playing in one league because I was just so frustrated with that league, he put up 37 points against me. He had three touchdowns in a big game against the Chiefs. Colin Kaepernick, who I've been pimping for the past two weeks, uh, three touchdowns as well. Kirk Cousins, three touchdowns. And they all scored upwards of 30 points for you, uh, depending on your scoring system in fantasy football this week. So, I mean, obviously we know about Drew Brees. But Simeon, Kaepernick, and Cousins, while they've all shown flashes this year, um, Sean, what kind of lasting impact can these three quarterbacks have? Do you think that there's any way that they can be um, the the leaders of your your team as you go into the fantasy playoffs? No, Simeon. No, if you're not gonna, you're not making a long run with Simeon as your quarterback. If you had to play him, you played him on a bye week. I don't know that he's he's rosterable, but he's. You're, you're struggling if you're starting him and heading into a playoff game because you're usually going to be facing a breeze. Cousins and Kaepernick may be a little different, particularly Cap lately. Um, there, you know, some underachieving quarterbacks uh, that that maybe you can kind of flip him around on. Um, but you know, long term, you know, Cap and and Cousins maybe have a little bit of upside. I, I actually think, and I've, I've I've read some stuff and and kind of saw some of the the, the stuff on the internet. Deshaun Jackson actually has had a really sneaky season in the fact that he's been like, and you'll read things from the Washington players that he's kind of been their MVP because he's taking all this coverage and leaving all this stuff underneath for Kirk Cousins. It'll be quite curious with Deshaun being uh, a free agent. If he goes elsewhere, what next year looks like for one Kirk Cousins, because obviously he's going to get paid. But he's going to get paid with expectations that the guy drives the ball downfield. And for those that watch Washington, he does not do that. So um, it's going to be interesting in that regard. But having Drew Brees on one of my rosters has just been a fantastic ride. <laughs> I forgot how enjoyable Rutt was. He's going to be sitting shotgun at some of my drafts next year just for this reason. Um, he's the signal caller you want, particularly heading into the playoffs with that offense looking lethal. And they play a couple games at home. It's just you got to outscore them to beat them. Their defense is terrible. It's the perfect storm to have a quarterback. 
Well, and then week 14, they do play Tampa Bay, and then week 16, they play Tampa again. So week 14 is usually the beginning of the playoffs in fantasy, whereas week 16 is generally a championship. So that's a really good defense to go up against, uh, and especially if you have Drew Brees, who just finds a way to score um, in, in bunches. Uh, and you mentioned Kirk Cousins and the uh, some of the intermediate routes. Jordan Reed had another big game, two touchdowns, left the game with a grade three separation of his shoulder. So he's pretty questionable moving forward. But uh, huge Thanksgiving game. Jordan Reed has shown us that he is one of the most physical uh, tight ends, or uh, reminded us he's one of the more physical tight ends in the NFL and talented uh, tight ends as well. So if he can play, obviously he's a huge part of your your championship run as well. But if he is injured, uh, Vernon Davis was a nice pickup for a few weeks when when Reed was out with a uh, concussion. Uh, Reed still continues to be a factor in the Washington offense. So uh, I, I would say that that um, Vernon Davis, if he's available in your in your uh, waiver wires or free agency, definitely try to pick him up if you are struggling at tight end. Um, Jerry, you talked about this guy a lot earlier uh, when we were talking about the draft and when we were talking about rookies only. Michael Thomas, former Ohio State guy, he continues to impress in, in New Orleans as we talk about that explosive offense. Um, w- what do you see moving forward from him? Do you think he continues to be a high-end wide receiver too? Because last game he had nine for 108 and two touchdowns, and he has turned into the the number one receiver in New Orleans. But where is he in the, in the fantasy aspect? If he's your wide receiver too, you are very happy. I'd actually like to know uh, how that's been working out the last two weeks. Like you said, he, this, he went nine catches 108 um, yards, two touchdowns this week. He also didn't have to share the ball with Brandon Cooks. Um, we don't know exactly why he wasn't targeted in their last game, and that, that definitely helped Michael Thomas's numbers. But he's moving forward. He's definitely the top-rated uh, wide receiver, too, on in anyone's lineup. If he's on your lineup going into the playoffs, you are very happy he's there. Um, I, I can't think of anyone else I would like better as uh, a wide receiver, too. Yeah, and uh, and you know we'll talk about Brandon Cooks once we get to our our favorite segment. Um, but another rookie receiver who's kind of come out of nowhere, especially with the Jeremy Macklin injury, is Tyreek Hill. Three touchdowns, one rushing, one returning, and one uh, receiving. Then had nine catches for fifty two yards. This guy's got four point two five forty speed. He's he's a beast. Um, kind of kind of beater. It, well, uh, girlfriend, girlfriend beater, girlfriend beater. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. He's an abuser, uh, scumbag, uh, gold teeth. <laughs> Anyways, he had a big game against Denver, uh, a tough defense, and he's becoming an impact player. I think that Kansas City continues to be creative with him, even if Jeremy Macklin comes back from a groin injury. But when we're talking about these two rookies, Michael Thomas and Tyreek Hill, it made me think that we should kind of take a look at how rookies were drafted in rookie-only leagues or in dynasty leagues uh, this past August or or July. Um, You know, obviously... You always find guys that come out of the woodwork. Michael Thomas was expected to be solid. He was drafted anywhere between you know five and eight, five and nine. Where Dak Prescott was a late second, early third round pick taken in the early thirties, and then Tyree Kill either went undrafted or well after the third round. So I just want to talk about the top ten um, rookies that went back in August, and then we're going to plug in those three players and see where we think they would land if we redid the draft today, and also. Once we um once we get done with the fantasy season, we'll come back to this topic and we'll we'll take a look at rookies, um, where they went and where we think the the future rookies will go. But let's get right into this. Uh, the August ADP went 
Zeke Elliott one, Sterling Shepard two, Corey Coleman third, Derrick Henry four, Laquan Treadwell five, Michael Thomas six, Josh Doxson seven, Devontae Booker eight, Kenneth Dixon nine, and Tyler Boyd ten. So Sean, I'm gonna put this on you real quick. Where do you where do you think Michael Thomas should have gone now that we look at it again? Michael Thomas, I think he's got to be the second or third pick. Uh, we actually had the second. We took Corey Coleman. We we had Thomas as our third and Shepard as our fourth. We traded from the fourth to the second. Um, so that was a little bit of our, our thought process that, that went into it. So we were right in the center of that. Uh, I, I, you can make a case um, he probably would go uh, second now if, you didn't like the long-term prospects of Dak Prescott. I think one is pretty unanimous. You're not going to get any debate there. But you can have discussions at two, three, and four. Derrick Henry's shown some promise. Um, but Michael Thomas and Dak Prescott, you know, those three are certainly right there with a couple others, Shepard, Coleman, and then, you know, maybe a, a Booker just on the outside of that little um, grouping. Jerry, where where do you think that you take uh, Michael Thomas if you could draft rookies today? Two three is probably where he would hit. Um, I, you know, if I had that same spot you guys moved up to, um, I'd be fine taking Michael Thomas there. Obviously, the Breeze um, QB, you know, level play you're getting with him coming in, and and the expectation of you need to step up and be able to play at this level right away as a rookie. Um, I don't think we saw that exactly going into the week one but look where he is now i think two or three would be a perfect spot definitely above uh one Corey coleman uh but that leading into next year who knows but uh michael thomas is a perfect spot for that yeah i think that i, I see i'd probably still take Corey coleman over him i'd probably take derrick henry over him as well so and obviously zeke won so i probably slot michael thomas there at four only because how much longer does drew Brees have I, I think that Corey Coleman's a little bit better of a talent, as is Derrick Henry. Um, I don't think DeMarco Murray has much more than two more years in the league. So, or, or upper echelon play like he's playing now, I think Derrick Henry will have a much bigger role then. Um, so I, I'd probably take Michael Thomas a little bit later than you guys, but obviously ahead of the Laquan Treadwells, Josh Doxons of the world. Um, he's but I obviously think, up. Luke, you would agree. It depends on your team. If, if you had a team that maybe you, you just had a couple injuries and, and you finished at the you know picking low end, and you got a chance to compete. I, I think you know for this year, next year, and the year after, Michael Thomas is is got to be ahead of any sure. of the other pass catchers. And you probably can make a case if you've got a quarterback already, he's clear to pick in the draft. No, I, I agree with that. I, I actually that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, if you're if you're a, a team that that had a good. Good, a good squad last year, but you're banged up. You had maybe Jordy Nelson or Kelvin Benjamin, um, and you struggle because those guys were out all year. Then, yeah, you take the guy who's going to be a little bit better for you now. He's not a project. We kind of knew going into things that Josh Doxson might be a little bit of a project, uh, mainly because he was injured uh, and and obviously spent time on the PUP and then eventually lost his whole rookie or most of his rookie season on the IR with the Achilles injury. Um, you know, if, if you can wait on him, you can wait on him. But if you're trying to win now and Michael Thomas is the one piece you need, then, yeah, I definitely think that's a good pick. Um, next guy I want to talk about, Sean, where do you think you take Tyreek Hill now? I mean, obviously he's you're top 10. I, I, he's probably maybe at 10. Um, you know, I don't know that I like Dixon that much better than him long term. You know, I think some of those other ones, maybe Dotson, probably just because um, 
what Washington's receivers look like next year with a couple guys in free agency. Uh, he's he's probably would slot there. I think Andy Reid finds creative ways to get him the ball, but I got to kind of see some of this production with Macklin so that it's truly sustainable. Right. Yeah, and no, I agree with that. Uh, Jerry, where are you going with Dak Prescott, who went 31st back in August? Oh, 31st. Um, <laughs> you know, clearly we could not have seen that sort of projection out there. But now he's definitely got to be a top 10, you know, top 8. Um, yeah. He's, he's, he's the best I've quarterback. Seen, he's a, I, I think you buy him far, ahead of Wentz. By far, he's, he's definitely ahead of Wentz. And it's not like that offensive line's going anywhere for the next few years. Um, I, I definitely put him in the top eight, maybe even as high as six. If you really, really want to stretch it out, maybe six. Yeah, no, I, I think six is where you'd kind of expect to see him if somebody is maybe reaching a little bit and they're desperate for a franchise QB. Obviously, it looks like Dak is going to be the future of the Cowboys, no question. They'll move on from Romo this offseason. Um, I would probably, just because I, I devalue quarterbacks a little bit in the dynasty format, I think that you can you can find um, a diamond in the rough pretty easily. Um, I'd probably push him back towards the end of the first round, so probably right around 10 or 11. Um, um, but I, I see where I see why somebody would take him at six if they have a desperate need for a quarterback, and he's sitting there, uh, and they're not impressed with. You know, after you get past six, it's kind of it's a bunch of question marks anyway. So why not go with the franchise QB? Uh, Sean, is that kind of your line of thinking too, or are you more with Jerry that you 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 take him a little bit earlier? I I probably have him in around. I mean, if you got Eli though, and and. Uh... You know, and maybe Carson Palmer, like you were, you kind of went quarterback late in your in your draft, or you had those two. I think you might value him more at three and four, and just say, okay, I, I'll lock him in there, and then I, I'll figure out the rest of my team. So it just kind of depends, and it also depends on your scoring. If you get more points for rushing, mm-hmm. um, or or kind of taking more value there. Uh, obviously, you know he's more in that Russell Wilson mold where where he's going to be able to do that. I think that the other advantageous thing is is he's not going to carry a big cap number to his team. So you've got two to three years of this with him keeping the line, um, and then maybe being able to find a way to add a piece here or there. But uh, that would probably be the 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 possibility or the, the, the hope that you'd have, if you have Romo, you probably wanted to jump on him anyway. So you might've lucked out into that and then Romo gets moved and then you have Romo or you can, you can move Romo to somebody that, that maybe needs a quarterback. So if you have Dak and you have Romo, he left you a lot of flexibility now. For sure. Um, yeah, so again, we're going to take a look at this. We'll take a look at the whole first round, or we'll just rate all the rookies at the end of the season and look at their long-term appeal, um, not only from a dynasty format, but also from where we can expect them to go in redrafts next year. Um, pretty excited to do that in the next few weeks. But we're going to move on to uh, my new favorite segment, and we debuted this last week. Jerry and I both did our best. This guy sucks, and that was more of a, of a Mark imitation. Sean, you're you're on. Uh, you've known Mark literally your whole life. Um, can you give us a good intro to This Guy Sucks? Can you give us your best This Guy Sucks? This Guy Sucks. Okay, that's 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 not bad. That's pretty good. There's a distortion to a Zustin version that, that we can't right. replicate. I love. It's, I it's that it. twang. It's that, it's that, <laughs> it's that style. <laughs> I'm gonna it's like a guitar that's too close to its own speaker. There's a little bit of overdrive. Oh, yes. Yeah, maybe. Like yeah, we got food in our teeth. All that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and, and you know what else is? It, it's the spit bouncing off the microphone as well. It's a we little bit have. of that. It's it's yeah. sloppy, man. It makes us good kissers, but it, it, it makes a sound with a little bit of snarl to it. <laughs> I've heard that kiss way too many times. Way too many times. I don't want to know how that. How you. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, this is a bad idea. But we'll go with it anyways. Hey, I'm going to start with Eric Ebron. Zero catches on Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, he's been the de facto wide receiver one for the past three weeks for the Lions. And he put up a huge goose egg on Thanksgiving. Probably caused a lot of teams to to really struggle in week 12. Uh, So he's my, this guy sucks this week. But, you know, fortunately, there was alcohol and food that you could give yourself an induced coma so you can forget about that uh jerry who is your your this guy sucks for the week i'm gonna say this guy sucks but i'm i'm want to know what really happened brandon cooks zero targets zero targets right is, is that more on sean payton does he suck it's I just Kim don't understand how because he how threw for Sean five Payton touchdowns. Sucks. They scored forty nine yeah. points. That's that's the problem. Like, is it what's the what's the issue here? Were they rolling double coverage on him the whole the whole time? I don't think so. Yeah, Payton's so. saying that it was due to coverage. Lamarcus Joyner is a stud, and and maybe he was checking him. Maybe. Well, maybe he should. He maybe he should have checked uh, Mike Thomas, who had nine catches. Yeah, that's a ma- that's a matchup nightmare. He's Lamarcus Joyner's five eight. Like that's it's true. actually a perfect matchup for Cooks from the Rams' perspective. They probably thought all all week long, hey, we got this in check. Now you know they may have had some other coverage things and scheme stuff that dictated it, but uh, Brandon Cooks isn't like a true true number one. He's right. just a guy. That, he's like a Randall Cobb. You need the guys on the outside, and then he gets to play on the underneath stuff. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, speaking of this guy sucks from that game, I went against Tim Hightower and Willie Sneed in the same league, and when Yahoo tells me that Willie Sneed threw a touchdown at Tim Hightower, <laughs> I thought that was like just a mistake, and I switch over to, to Red Zone, and I'm watching Red Zone for five minutes, and they're not showing the highlights. I'm like, all right, it's a mistake. Then all of a sudden, they switch to the game, and I see Willie Sneed's ramen noodle hair throw the ball to Tim Hightower, who hadn't been doing shit all game, and then bada bing, bada boom, that's that's twenty points against me, and and that was the ultimate downfall in that league. Um, so that 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 You're whining, whining like a me. little bitch enraged me. Uh, Sean, you're a little bitch. Who's your biggest? Uh, this guy sucks this week. <laughs> uh, I won in spite of Sterling Shepard on a roster. Um, that was surprising, particularly with the Browns and knowing that. That while well, thinking that we would try and check uh, Odell Beckham a little bit more than we obviously did, Antonio Gates was another one in another league that I won without and a massive donut, not even a target for him, which was bizarre. Yeah. And then the one guy, though, that I would say that was the most surprising to me, and actually I feel like it sets up well for the next two, three weeks if you've got him, is Julio Jones was way too quiet almost to the point where it was perfect because now you're getting some Taylor Gabriel, you're getting the balance of the offense, and all the while Julio's just waiting there to set one of those games up where he's got 215 yards and 10 (laughs) catches and a touchdown. So if you've got Julio, you kind of love it as long as you survived, Um, but hopefully you're kind of gearing up for for, um, some kind of wrath to be set on folks here over the next few weeks. Yeah, he's got KC this week, which uh, KC has allowed the most points to receivers, which is surprising because their defense has played solid. 
Then they got L.A., San Francisco at Carolina, and then unfortunately Week 17 doesn't count. They're playing New Orleans. So those are uh, the next four weeks, four pretty rough defenses um, or, or, or bad defenses. So I think that, yeah, Julio Jones should definitely feed over the next few weeks, and, and fantasy owners will be thrilled that they have him. Um, let's head, Speaking of wide receivers, let's head into our Week 13 waiver wire options. Um, so what we've been doing recently is we've been tweeting and sharing on Facebook our waiver wire or our favorite picks. Uh, give a quick blurb about them there, but we will expand on that a little bit here. Um, this is the week of the wide receiver. A lot of guys really stepped up. There weren't a ton of running backs or quarterbacks who were on the waiver wire that that had big games. Obviously, we talked about Trevor Simeon and Colin Kaepernick who are both widely available. But uh, for the most part, is really the wide receivers that uh, had had really big breakout games. And the first player I want to talk about who is owned in 1% of Yahoo leagues, and he, he very well should be, uh, Marquise Wilson, who has been teasing fantasy owners for years. For years. Uh, two years ago, he's supposed to be the next guy to line up next to um, Alshon Jeffrey and, and, and be a stud with Jay Cutler. And Wilson he was, got He's the heir apparent to replace Brandon Marshall. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, that didn't work out. He keeps on getting injured. He broke his foot, I believe, earlier in the season, but he came off the IR. First game back, 8 from 125 and a touchdown. He showed he had tons of chemistry with Matt Barkley. Um, I like him this year for the rest of the season just because I don't really think they have anybody else. Cameron Meredith hasn't panned out. Eddie Royal sucks. Elshon suspended for another few weeks. Kevin White's injured. Uh, Zach Miller's done for the season as well. I think Marquise Wilson's a solid number th- wide receiver three for the rest of the season. I, Sean, what do you think? I, I'd agree with that. I, I don't think Meredith and Royal. I'm not as negative on on them as you are. Um, particularly if Cutler comes back, I think those three are going to be what they're going to run with. They're going to throw the ball. They're you know, it's John Fox isn't a guy that is comfortable going two and fourteen. So I think they're actually going to try and get up and down. And and this past week was maybe a little bit too much steam for Marquise Wilson. I think he'll kind of come back down a little bit. I think he's maybe more of a five for seventy and maybe gets you a touchdown. And I yeah. think actually they evenly distributed a little bit. So I'm not as low on the other two as you. Maybe not as high on Wilson, but certainly a wide receiver three. You can find a lot of other worse options either on your roster or certainly from the free agent bin. I also wouldn't be surprised if one week, you know, Marquise Wilson does what he did last week and then next week he does nothing, but Eddie Royal has a similar game. It, it'll be yeah, inconsistent. See, and that, that's where I'm going to go with a couple of these other guys on the list and why, I, you know, of all the guys we'll talk about, I think Wilson and, and maybe Tyree Kill, but, but mostly Wilson would be the one that you want to definitely go out and get this week if you can't. I agree, and that's why I got him first. Uh, we, we mentioned Tyreek Hill, and I don't know if you guys want to talk about him much anymore. Um, you know, we, we know what he is. He's a he's a Swiss Army Knife type, type player. He's going to be involved in the return game, the rush game, and the pass game. It'll be interesting to see what he can do when Macklin comes back, if he ever comes back. He's owned in 38% of leagues. But, Jerry, we talked about Malcolm Mitchell uh, last week, briefly, I believe, and the rookie wide receiver for the Patriots – had his third touchdown in two games, had five catches for 42 yards. So the yardage, is, yardage numbers and the reception numbers aren't gaudy, but he's finding the end zone. Uh, 4% owned in Yahoo leagues. Are you buying or selling on Malcolm Mitchell for the rest of the season? 
as a wide receiver three, um, if you if you're desperate, sure. I, I think it's great that he's got everybody else is getting you know doubled up and, and looked at, and he's coming open. I mean, he made Revis look really bad this week, really bad. Um, I, I I mean, if he's on your roster, he's definitely something you need to keep. I'm not looking for him um, if I've got other options. I think Tyree Kill, I think you can get another week out of if you if you need a wide receiver three. Maybe you got somebody on a bye um, before Mitchell. But he's definitely somebody next year I'm, I'm definitely looking for a little bit sooner. Uh be interesting yeah, to see sure. what they do with you know a guy like Amadola and, and um, um, how they're going to move forward with that offense. Um. Yeah, and right now, obviously, Gronk, he hurt his back again. So it's interesting to see if he misses an extended amount of time. All the Boston media outlets are saying it's a minor injury. Um, he shouldn't miss any time. You shouldn't have. A, you shouldn't be calling an internal lung injury a minor injury. No, 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 no. no they switched to back. the back. Here's what oh. I would say. I don't think there's anything. You can't be careful enough with the back yeah. when yep. you don't need to play. He doesn't right. need to no. play. They can they can go five hundred the rest. Of, he's got to be right and be able to play like he did against Denver last year in the playoffs, uh, where they where they basically it was a Kellen Winslow type, Kellen Winslow senior type performance in the playoffs. <laughs> That's how good Gronk was mm-hmm. last year against the Broncos, particularly in the second half. Um, so yeah, I, I could see that a lot. I think Mitchell and the problem with New England is they spread the damn ball around so much. Yeah. The running backs, you know, what all of them shared like equal snaps. The three of them. Uh, I think Deion Lewis has some kind of upside as they continue to get him involved. But I think you're still safe with James White just because they're trying to limit reps for Lewis. And the last point that I had is back to Tyreek Hill. Isn't he kind of what we want Tavon Austin to be, but for some reason Jeff Fisher gets in the way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, that's, that's pretty good. I agree. Yeah, he, he's definitely uh, – yeah, he's just that gadget player that uh, – but the difference is – is Tavon Austin was drafted what eighth overall, and Tyree Kill was drafted I think in the third round or fourth round. Uh, so there's a lot more hype with uh, with Austin. Oh no than question, but once he's already on your roster, he's on your sure. roster. Yeah. No, no, I hear, I hear you. No, you're right, you're right. Find a way to be creative with him, and and Jeff Fisher just isn't creative whatsoever. So we're creativity uh, and Jeff Fisher have never been mentioned in the yeah. same sentence. But and, and as much as Andy Reid has really never won anything major yeah he's been to a bunch of nfc championships and he he fares well in the regular season he finds a way to get it done with his his gadget players and his, and his running backs you know jamal charles has always been a solid player a great player when he's healthy spencer ware has been solid this year him and Chan- charkandrick west were both solid last year when when charles went down so he's finding a way to get creative with tyree kill now and it's that's what i think if you while we always kind of make fun of the Chiefs and, and an Alex Smith-led offense at being one that's got very limited fantasy upside, you got to admit that that Andy Reid definitely finds a way to get his players the ball or his talented players the ball, and we've seen that with Tyree Kill so far this season. I'm kicking I'm kicking myself in the ass because I was thinking about picking up Hill in multiple dynasty leagues, and I just never never took the bait, and uh, I'm regretting that big time now. Um, yeah, wait speak- it out. He'll beat another woman or something. He'll be <laughs> off the Don't worry. Speaking of physical freaks, uh, Sean, I'll let you. I'll let you roll with this one uh, because he's, he's a, a former freak. Cleveland. That's nice. No, that's not true. I, I, that's I'm not mistaken not for that at all. <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm going to let you roll with this one because this guy was on your team and <sighs> they let him go so they could draft what 
Jordan Payton, is that the kid's name out of UCLA? And well, no, a bunch of so that we could draft five other receivers. <laughs> we And he, worse yet, we kept a guy older, more expensive, smaller. slower, same size, or practically the same size in Andrew Hawkins. Taylor Gabriel, we let go. It's baffling then. It's baffling now. I don't actually have the, the – Mark's got the best take on this. He's he's got a rant for the ages. You'll have to get him on sometimes when he comes out of his hole from losing all these games <laughs> in the pick him like the punk that he is. But I don't have a ton to offer. I will say this. If you're having to resort to start to Taylor Gabriel these next three, four weeks, you might not be able – if it's a win and move on, you might not move on though because some of this is a little bit of fool's gold. He, he, you know, he had one catch the the week before for what seventy five yards. Yeah. Um, let's not put a ton of stock into it. That said, he's certainly a playmaker that 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 you know is a wide receiver three option. You, you, he's startable, but you you can't bank on him getting you fifteen points um, week in week out like he's gotten here these last few weeks. Yeah, you really don't feel comfortable with a guy like Taylor Gabriel in your starting lineup, but. Five touchdowns in the past four games. He's averaging three catches and 80 yards from scrimmage and 20 yards per touch. So anytime he touches the ball, he's a threat to score. Uh, but again, he's such a boomer bust. And, and when, right now, if you are at the stage where it's win and move on, it's really, really tough to rely on a player like him. But it's just been amazing what he's done. He's owned in 7% of, of Yahoo leagues. I expect that number after waivers goes through on Tuesday night into Wednesday to probably jump up into the 20s. Uh, he is an explosive player. And I think what we've seen, what we've always lacked in the Matt Ryan, Julio Jones era of the um, – of the uh, Atlanta Falcons is another explosive offensive player. I mean, we always had Michael Turner powered at ass. We had Roddy White, who was just a solid possession receiver, but was never that explosive playmaker. Other than Julio Jones, they've never had anybody on that offense that can break one open. And it seems like they finally have that with Taylor Gabriel. And I think that's not only helped them, Matt Ryan become a better fantasy player, but also a better football player. And uh, it's been pretty fun to watch so far this year. And I'm sorry that you guys let him go for absolutely nothing. Well, uh, the, the uh, reason, the number one reason, though, is another Browns player that Atlanta has been as good as they are. And Jerry can probably attest to this. Alex Mack. Oh, yeah. The reason why yeah. their whole <laughs> offense is better. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's you guys are everybody else's uh, minor league team. You just offload all your best players. I'm surprised Joe Thomas is still on the roster. But um, next guy who is another hit or miss player, but he has some value, especially if Devontae Parker misses time with a back injury. He left the game. Uh, Kenny Stills, again, another threat to always score. It seems like he's finally getting his shit together in, in Miami. Three catches for 72 yards and a touchdown last week. Owned in eight percent of leagues, I'd other than Tyreek Hill um, and Marquise Wilson, this guy's probably my third the player I'd feel third most comfortable on the list of waiver wire options this week, just because he he's done it in the past. He's not just a flash in the pan. Um, he's been a solid fantasy contributor over the past few years. He's been in the league, um, but those are our waiver wire picks this week. Again, really like the wide receivers. Uh, it'll be interesting to see who pops out next year, or I'm sorry, next week, and is on our list then. But we will obviously let you know once we have that information. Uh, let's head on to the Week 13 Point Pounders. Jerry, I want to start off with you. Who do you like in Week 13? 
Well, you you actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. Who do I want to put down for my point pounder? And it was the guy we kind of touched on in our uh, picks podcast. And you actually have his name down. It's Julio Jones. Um, oh. Julio Jones, you know, you, you, you can speak on it as well. You know, he last week, if you had Julio Jones and you were heavily relying on him and you, uh, to make a playoff push in your fantasy league, you're probably a little disappointed walking away from week 12. Um he, you know, not as typical numbers. You, if you, you would believe is outscored by ten different wide receivers, and a lot of them were not wide receiver ones uh, in fantasy football that week. Um, I just think he'll bounce back this week. He's got a favorable matchup, and uh, expect big things this week. So, what do you think? I, I felt that he was probably outscored by about thirty wide receivers. Yeah, this week. yeah. It was, <laughs> it was ugly. I don't think we only had like four catches for some like forty five yards or something like that. Um I love Julio Jones this week. Yeah, against Kansas City. We mentioned that he Kansas City somehow is the the most generous against uh, receivers. I expect him to have a pretty solid week. I also want to see Devontae Booker play well uh, against the Jags. We've been waiting for that that true stud RB one game uh, ever since CJ Anderson has gone down. But we we really haven't seen it. We've seen it in flashes, you know, 15 rushes for 70-some-odd yards and a touchdown, which isn't bad. But against the Jaguars' defense, uh, he there's no reason why he shouldn't have over 100 yards rushing, be involved in the pass game, and should at least see the end zone once. So I really like Devontae Booker. Um, Sean, who do you got this week? Watch out for uh, I think it's Capri Bibbs, the backup there though. I, every how is he not him, how is he not concussed on Sunday night? I have night, no idea on that, but I'll say this: <laughs> he, he just he's got a kind of a, a nice little burst to him. Yeah, uh, he, he he's kind of an, a a Mark Justin special if if Mark Justin were alive and not you know dead <laughs> from the uh, from all the, of the last place in the picks that we've been delivering him. <laughs> uh, my guy, and it, maybe it's a little bit wishful thinking here. I think he's going to go up against a porous run defense, or at least seemingly what's been that way this year. Luke, you know this. Whoa, this don't is say it. it. Top Gurley. No, this don't say it. Don't it. say it. Oh, my this God. This is it. We're all, Todd, we're all about talk about Todd Gurley in the podcast. Todd, I need you. I think this is it. I think he gets 100 yards. Whether he gets in the end zone, who knows, because the offensive coordinator is a, an is ass clown, idiot, moron, jerk. He's an offensive all lineman. All those things. Todd Gurley at least gets the century mark, and I'm going to say 125 total yards at least. So, again, that's not great either, but for Todd Gurley owners, you can at least sleep come Sunday night. For what's been going on with him, you know, it's funny. um, We're well documented as being a podcast that talks about Todd Gurley because I have in a bunch of leagues. At Nick and Akron on Twitter will attest to that when he reminds us about that constantly. Um it was funny. The first drive, he had like probably 40 yards this week. And I'm like, okay, this is it. This is the game. This is finally we're going to see Todd Gurley dominate. And then he just disappears again. I mean, it, I don't think it's him. I really don't. It's the play calling. It's not. It's that offense. It's play calling. It's, 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 I, it's, uh, it's for someone that wanted him in a red jersey for practice, he is literally not taking the gloves off all season long. And it just makes me want to punch Jeff Fisher in the face all the yeah. more. And right that mustache. Ugh, brutal. But you're right. I mean, the Patriots, they, their defense really just isn't good. Um, their, their run defense struggles or pass defense struggles, I would not be surprised. I mean, the, the, the Rams are coming into to New England, and they need to throw everything at the Patriots just to have a prayer. 
I'm just hoping that somehow this team can get creative with with Todd Gurley. But I, I feel like we should have known this coming into it because if you look at Eddie George's numbers back in the day when he was on Tennessee, Jeff Fisher just ran him up the middle, and he, year upon year, Eddie George averaged like just under four yards a carry. He was never that dynamic back, but he had big numbers because he ran the ball so damn much because he's durable. I think if we can take any sort of positive out of Todd Gurley's season, it's that knock on wood, he can stay healthy. And he, he has been beaten up. I can't tell you how many times I've seen one-yard dives up the middle where he's just getting dominated by four, five big 300-plus-pound defensive linemen, and he gets right back up. And, and does it again the next play. So at least we know he's durable. So that's a positive. Yeah, you can take stock in that. I'm not taking <laughs> stock. I'm, I'm talking about numbers and performance on the field. I need some point pounds. Let's go, Todd. Get it going. This is it. <laughs> this is it. This is big. This is big. I need him. A lot of people need him. This is big, Todd. Um, let's head on to our listener questions. We're very excited to announce that we are partnered with Buckeye Vodka. They sponsored our T-shirts. They sponsored this podcast. We got the nice Buckeye Vodka logo on the back of the beautiful brand new Never Ending Glory podcast T-shirts. Two-color design done by none other, none other than uh, the wonderful Jerry Burris. So great job with that, Jerry. Um, everybody who sends us in questions either via Twitter, Facebook, or on email, negpodcast at gmail.com. We will send you a free T-shirt, so be on the lookout for those. Those will be going out in the mail soon. Once you get them, put them on, take a picture on Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Um, but we'll head into the first question that we got from Nick in Ohio. Half a point PPR. He's got to start one at his flex. James Starks or Sterling Shepard? Sean, I'll let you take this one because you have both players. So who do you like most in this one? I like uh, – oh, this is, this is a good one. I like Sterling Shepard. I, I think – Gets heavily involved. Steelers' second corner is not very good. Um, I think they roll coverage over on on Beckham. I think Shepard, who didn't get involved uh, this past week, has an opportunity to to get uh, maybe. St- we'll, we'll give a line out here. Let's go six for seventy one and a touchdown for Sterling. Oh, Shepard okay. This week. Six for seventy one and a TD. We will be sure to tweet that one out. Six for seventy one <laughs> and a TD. All right. Lay it I like out there. that. Um, I I, I kind of like Sterling Shepard this week, but I also like James Starks too. I think James Starks is starting to get more involved with the offense as he gets back 100% from that knee injury. I'd probably roll with, with James Starks here, but I think it is close. Uh, Starks will definitely need to get a touchdown in order to be uh, a little bit more fantasy-friendly than um, Sterling Shepard. It seems that in order for Starks to put up solid RB2 value, he's not going to have the volume of you know, 20, 25 carries, so he's not going to have 100-plus rushing yards. Uh, so he does need to find the end zone. So I like well, the James The thing Starks. that concerns me, Ripkowski was the first rushing touchdown yes. for Green Bay. Right. And that was and that was a Long tailor-made time. spot for Starks. I was, at, I was watching the game. I'm... Um, um, MF and Mike McCarthy and this package, <laughs> and they actually had they threw it on on first and goal from the one, and then for some reason the spot got moved back a half a yard after the incompletion, and then uh, they brought Ripkowski in and, and he ripped one into the end zone. Uh, but he's the next John Coon, so I mean that's just that was expected. That's their mo. That's right. Starks is Wendell from uh, Varsity Blues. He's gonna have to score from <laughs> from outside. Kilmer, Kilmer, Bud Kilmer's a racist. Uh, okay joe in boston needs to sit one uh this is a uh, ppr one point for 10 yards rushing and receiving we got brandon marshall versus indy Allen robinson versus denver des bryant at minnesota 
Golden Tate at New Orleans, Steve Smith versus Miami. Sit one, Jerry, who are you sitting? Well, as much as this pains me to do it, I'm going to have to sit Allen Robinson um, from the beloved Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a good matchup against Denver's corners this week. Um, of these listed, the only other name I'd throw out there would be Golden Tate, but New Orleans' defense isn't exactly the most locked down I've ever seen in the world. Um, I just don't think Golden Tate's been having a good string of games back-to-back. Allen Robinson's my choice, and then uh, roll with the rest. Sean, who do you like? I probably sit Steve Smith. It's pr- it's pretty close. I mean, if you got Robinson, y- you drafted him early. You're getting down to the nitty gritty. He's not done anything to overly upset you through the year. Uh, maybe underperformed a bit, but um, I-, I mean, truthfully, Brandon Marshall's and that's not a great matchup. Vontae Davis' physical corner. He could come back now. Is Davis out? If he is, then then Marshall's a lock. Um, Des Bryant against Xavier Rhodes. I mean, there's some difficult matchups there. I actually feel like the lock of all of them would be Golden Tate just because I think it'll be a shootout. But right. I'd probably pick Steve Smith to sit between those. But, um, that's yeah, it's a tough call. Yeah, I'm between Smith and Robinson as well. I think in the end, you know that the physicality of that Denver defense, um, while it's on the road, they're not the same defense on the road as they are at home. But I just Allen Robinson's underwhelmed, and you got to remember that his quarterback is Blake Bortles, and that's that's never uh, a fun time. So uh, I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. So good luck, Joe, in Boston. Moving on to Josh in Manchester, New Hampshire, 12 team PPR. So he's got a quandary here: does he start Randall Cobb or Michael Floyd? Or what he can do is he can spend $94 out of his $100 waiver wire budget and pick up Sammy Watkins and start him. Personally, when I saw this at first, initially I said, pick up Sammy Watkins regardless, just because the reason why people save money is for a potential stud down the road, but start Randall Cobb. And then I thought about it, and honestly, I will probably start Sammy Watkins here. I'd pick him up and start him. Sean, how about you? I would probably do the same as well. Um, I, 100% you drop Michael Floyd, you pick up Sammy Watkins with the money, <laughs> and then you figure out what you want to do between Cobb and Watson. If you want to sit Watkins, I actually think he's got a great matchup. I think this is tailor-made for Buffalo. As you know, you heard in the Picks podcast, if you haven't listened to that, you need to cop that. I love Tyrod Taylor. I think he breaks out the point. I think he chucks it. I think Sammy Watkins has 100-yard potential. Uh, but he's got to get the full complement of play. So you got to monitor him through the week and kind of read the tea leaves for um, how he's looking in practice and whatnot. If you start to see some kind of thumbs up towards towards him playing more plays, uh, then I think he's the start over Cobb. But if you know you're just not getting a lot, then you still stick with Cobb because you know what you're getting with him. You're probably getting six for sixty and, and maybe a touchdown, uh, maybe a little bit more upside to that too. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely have Watkins on my team, particularly over Michael Floyd. And this late in the year, who else are you going to pick up right. uh, unless, you know, you're dying at the running back position with some guys that might be dinged and you need to save that for that? I, I think this is a no-brainer. Yeah. Buffalo is heading to Oakland, and Oakland does have a suspect secondary. Uh, Jerry, do you agree with the Sammy Watkins pickup, or would you roll with Randall Cobb here? This is uh, this is kind of that marry, bone, kill situation. You'd marry <laughs> Randall Cobb, you'd bone Sammy Watkins, and you'd kill off Michael Floyd. Um, you know, smart there you money go, Josh. Smart, you, you smart, money's, smart money's on Randall Cobb, but that, that Sammy Watkins pickup is tasty right there. Tasty. All right, Josh, have fun boning Sammy Watkins. <laughs> um, um, Steve in Cleveland 
has a question. Dak Prescott at Minnesota or Phillip Rivers versus Tampa Bay. It's really hard to bench Dak Prescott, but on the road in Minnesota on a Thursday night, what are you doing here, Jerry? If you're, if you need your quarterback to get you 25 to 32 points here, I, I think you have to go Phillip Rivers. He has more of a potential to get go off here for three touchdowns, maybe even four. Dak Prescott might hand the ball off 29 times on Thursday night. Yeah, Jerry, um, Sean, who do you got? It's not even a question. This is Phillip Rivers. Um, this is actually, if you're looking at the schedule and thinking, is there a spot here or there for, for maybe a little even uh, – a, a slip up for Dak. This is probably it. So I, I, I love Philip Rivers here. I think it's a no brainer start, Steve. Yeah, the, uh, the the clean sweep for Philip Rivers here. I like him as well. Um, Alejandro on Columbus, who apparently is a Lady Gaga fan. Uh, start three. Gaga. Wait, wait, wait. How did you say that? That's how you say that. <laughs> no, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Lady Gaga. It's a it's a Boston joke. You wouldn't get it. One of the DJs do it here. Lady Gaga fan. How about that? Um, start three PPR. Golden Tate, Jarvis Landy, Landry, Willie Sneed, Tavon Austin, or Stefan Diggs. Uh, taking a look at it, I like Golden Tate. Um, I'm probably going to go with Jarvis Landry. And if Diggs is healthy, I'll probably roll with him as well. That's my three. Willie Sneed was tough here. I, 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 I do like him. Um, and with Tavon Austin, I just have a feeling that even though the, the Patriots defense has been struggling, Belichick will find a way to make Tavon Austin's life hell, and he'll find a way to um, to spy him and Jared Goff. So uh, I like those three. Uh, Mark, uh, Sean, who do you got? Uh, I'm spot on, with, and in that order as well. I think Austin's your fifth. Uh, you you kind of cross your fingers that Diggs can play because um, I actually think that's kind of a juicy matchup uh, for him. And um, Tate and Landry, I think, are no-brainers as well. Jeremy, what do you think? I really like Jeremy, the Diggs. I, I Jeremy. Like, Why the hell I call it Jeremy? Jesus Christ, I'm losing. Jeremy has spoken on this pod today. Uh, <laughs> I think I've been reading about the Diggs thing. I'm invested in Diggs as well this this year in fantasy, and I think he's going to be okay uh, going into the game on Thursday. You know, I think that's a, a must start of the other ones. I, I think Landry, and I'm going to take a flyer on Sneed just to be a little bit different. I think he's your third best option here. So I think I'm going to go Landry, Diggs, then Sneed. Um, no Golden Tate love I'm, from I'm, you. I you don't no like Golden Tate. Don't I'm, sl- I'm I'm low on Golden Tate this week. You're fading Golden Tate, huh? Fading. <laughs> um, Memphis Matt in Columbus. He's uh first off, he wants to know: Does he have to kill one of the regular hosts in order to make an appearance on the College Pod? Sean, do you want to comment on that? I, I think yes, he will. He actually will have to. <laughs> um, Four's a a, a a nice little. Um, foursome but uh it's like golf course you can't have five out there right i hear you so he wants to know that come bowl season you know who should he start looking at for the dynasty league draft so what rookies are going to be on the horizon and be on display once we get to bowl season sean well okay so this is going to segue you know a little bit and a little precursor to our nfl draft pod um which is still our our i believe our most all time of all of us listen and guess who is not on that pod by the way how about well, that, that was just was that just you and i jerry yes it was how about that oh that, wow. that well no wow. luke was in iceland collecting himself but yeah the other pod that we did the three of us was was still strong i think that's the second most if memory serves me right well anyways and, who should and be then no at? one's listening <laughs> but regardless um from a quarterback perspective so deshaun watson um i think he's someone to watch luke falk from washington state 
Uh, Deshaun Kaiser, but he's not actually even in a bowl, so you'll have to watch him in the senior. Well, actually, can't make a senior bowl. You'll have to just watch him work out or, or you know, look YouTube at YouTube pilots. Um, th- those are kind of the three. Maybe Brad Kaya kind of gets back into the mix, although there's some rumblings he could go back to school for another year. I think running back, uh, Dalvin Cook, best player in the country as far as um, overall player. You know, you'll hear Lamar Jackson, but, but Dalvin Cook is, is most obviously transferable, but also just the overall best, most outstanding player through the year, particularly now that he's healthy, just absolutely electric against Florida. Uh, Leonard Fournette, by bowl season, he should be healthy, so that would be a nice matchup. Might play against a Michigan or, or Florida State team in the Citrus or the Orange Bowl, maybe even the Sugar Bowl against Oklahoma, so we'll wait and see what shakes out with that. Um, Christian McCaffrey is another one to, to keep an eye on. Uh, Nick Chubb from Georgia could be someone another month to heal up from him. And then uh, receiver Juju Smith, the USC. Um, the, the, oh gosh, his first name's slipping me, but the Davis kid from uh, from Western Michigan. Um, and then uh, lastly, the I think the best wide receiver in the country, Mike Williams from Clemson. And then uh, you know some tight some tight ends. OJ Howard is one. Lance Leggett for Clemson is another. Just to keep an eye on, just to name a few of the offensive playmakers. We'll be getting into those a lot more come draft, and then obviously that'll segue nicely once they get set up on teams into the fantasy discussion and dynasties for next year. So, Sean, a couple guys that I, I want to talk about real quick um, before we wrap this up, and, and mainly because I'm not a diehard college fan like you are. I get to know these players once draft season rolls around and once you know ESPN, all they do is just do draft profiles. Two guys, that, or one guy that we heard a, a lot about last year that has been kind of quiet this year. His numbers look good, but they he was a Heisman candidate heading into the season. I feel like his stock has kind of cooled a little bit. Christian McCaffrey. You know, last year had um, over 2,000 rushing yards, 600 receiving yards, uh, 13 total touchdowns. He's still having a solid season, averaging actually 0.3 more yards per carry, with, but, but a lot less carries. He has 1,600 yards rushing, 310 yards receiving, but he has 16 total touchdowns. Has his stock you know, r- risen or fallen throughout Stayed the 2016? The same. Stayed the same. Actually, I think it's going to benefit him because he's not going to get overdrafted. He's going to end up at the back of the first round, maybe – Maybe um, middle of the second if he if if he doesn't. I think he's going to run great. He just he gets small through holes. I think he, he's he, he's going to be fine. I, I, he missed I think maybe a game and a half um, because of injury. That offense is putrid. Their quarterback has stunk all year. Uh, he's had to literally carry them again um, more so than than the year before because he had at least Kevin Hogan, but. Um, Christian McCaffrey's fine. I think it's for him a big thing is going to be what team does he go to and is it the right fit and and do they have a little bit of an established offensive line because uh, he's certainly proven that he can run behind one. Here's a thing that will never happen, but you mentioned back half of the first round. New England Patriots draft Christian McCaffrey. No, I know, but to have to have they could be probably the first team to oh. ever line up with all white skill players. <laughs> you, you you East Coasters are just racist. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the progressive Commonwealth about, in Massachusetts. <laughs> the other player I want to talk about real quick because word came out that he might stick around this year if his boy Dory Jackson stays, but Juju Smith came out and said he might stay. Do you think that's just? Just you know, media talk that he'd be he an idiot. Of... And and the other thing is, there's no way in hell Dory Jackson staying, or Dory Jackson's stock is high. He, he's not a natural corner, and 
he he's he'd actually he's more beneficial to certain teams in the return game. Uh, if if the Browns looked at him, I'd I'd actually think like back end maybe maybe the third round pick, um, and then that way he can help you with the return game. Adoree Jackson's has a lot of Devin Hester to him. Uh, when it comes to kind of dynamic there, but also kind of not really having a, a big time position. So mm-hmm. um, Juju, that's just a bunch of kind of pontificating. The other guy that I actually is really surprised with, Malik Hooker said he's about 100% coming back. I think that's silly because he's a top 20, maybe top 25 pick. He's someone th- as the Browns could look at as, as that, that second pick, that Philly pick. Although with Philly keep losing, that one keeps coming up and maybe it gets into a position for a Reuben Foster or something like that defensively. But um, no, I think Smith comes out as well. I, I, I wouldn't fret too much about that. You'll hear a lot of this stuff now. And then usually what happens is, is they'll play a bowl game. They get hit around a little bit and they're like, I could start making a million dollars for these hits. Why should I come <laughs> back again? Yeah. Um, so that's just a little bit uh, draft talk here that we'll, we'll that's a little taste, a little wet the whistle. Little lick um, that we'll give you here, the Never Ending Glory podcast. We'll have more of that as we get into, you know, April and May, and uh, or actually probably a little bit before that as we preview the draft. Um, so definitely keep an eye out for that. So, Memphis, Matt, I hope you uh, keep an eye on these guys uh, during bowl season and continue to be involved on the Twitter machine. Um, he hits us up at NEG Pod CFB. He's always uh, always involved with with those um, those shows. Uh, so be sure to check out our college football podcast. But gentlemen, you guys have anything else to say about this week? You know, we're getting ready for the playoffs. Week fourteen is on the on the horizon. Uh, if you're in a 14, 12 team league, that's usually your first round of playoffs. So this week is very big. Either you're trying to get into that that playoff scenario or you're trying to get that first round by or hell you're trying to play spoiler so or big games going on do, here or you're trying to bring a firstborn child in this world we need some name ideas so uh i think Ooh. that'd be a good a good I like idea juju juju's uh, good I like that's carlos byerga burris that's carlos what i like Bayerga carlos byerga has been talked about burris. comes out snorting lines I think, oh God, I think Juju would be good because it's very topical, not only with the football player, but the dance all the young bucks are doing now, the Juju on the beat, you know, um, I think it would work out well and your kid would never be made fun of. I don't see that how be, that could be possible with a name like Juju. <laughs> all right, gentlemen, well, good luck this week. Um, Jerry, you're not going to make the playoffs, but th- these things happen. I'm, That's just I'm par for the course. I'm sneaking right at the back end, like, like I always do. Just <laughs> sniffing around in the backside. <laughs> well, oh, jeez. We're going back to the backside, huh? All right. Well, sniffing. anyways, oh. gentlemen, good luck. Everybody else listening, good luck this week in fantasy football. And be sure to check us out next week as we start talking about fantasy football playoff matchups. So with that being said, Godspeed, and make sure you get it done this week. We'll talk next week. Where you at, Mark? Where you at, (laughs) Mark?